0: Gravis or Lambert-Eden syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call eight seven seven three five one zero three zero zero. 351 300 See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com.
1: Welcome to a Super Bloom Podcast. It's your host, Candace King. We have a delicious episode for you today because we're talking about my favorite thing in the whole world, food. I love food. Love a restaurant recommendation. I have a list. I have lists not just here for Nashville, for all over. I Like if I'm traveling and I just meet someone, I'm like, well, where's your favorite restaurant? I can sit down and talk to someone for a whole hour about restaurants around a city. Some people might find that annoying. I love it. I love it. One of my, the thing that calms me down on an airplane is to read through Food and Wine magazine. Just read it. Am I ever going to make any of those recipes? Probably not. Probably not. Do I know how to make any of those things? No. Do I know how to pronounce half of the things in Food & Wine magazine? Nope. Probably do not know how to do that either. But you know what? I'm going to read it and I'm going to dream about it and I'm going to think about it and I'm going to pretend I'm ratatouille and everything just goes black and I just and everything gets real sparkly and you see the little piece of cheese and the strawberry come together and it's like mind explosions over what it would taste like. That's what I do to calm down on an airplane. You know, if my kids are stressing me out, Mommy says I need some space and grace. I grab one of my cookbooks. I put on my Real Housewives. And I read recipes while I watch ladies yell at each other. You know, some people meditate. That's what I do. That's how I relax. That is my form of self-care. So I could not be more thrilled for today's discussion because I'm talking to a chef. And another thing, like, obviously, I talk a lot about the fact that I love TV. There is a show on... That is very popular. All about a restaurant and a chef, and I'm sure you know what I am alluding to. If you have not watched it, you must be living under a rock because everyone's been talking about it. Every t- every meal I have gone to lately has someone has been like, like now hyper aware of like how a restaurant runs because we all think we know how to do it from watching the show. It's kind of like if you watch a doctor show and suddenly everyone thinks that they would know how to do a surgery. They're like, "Mm, yeah, I would know how to reset that bone. Yeah, I saw it a few episodes back. Like suddenly we all think we know the ins and outs of how a restaurant works and like how it would feel to be a chef, how it would feel to say like, yes, chef, or someone say to you, yes, chef. Maybe you're just saying that to each other. Because it feels good in the moment because we all want to be part of that community because we've been watching it on TV and we just want to know what it's like. Well, you know what? Today we're going to get a little glimpse of what it's like because I'm hanging out with Chef Jesus Diaz. Born in Caracas, Venezuela, Chef Jesus Diaz is an award-winning Latin American chef who moved to the United States in 2000. We're going to talk a little bit about what brought him here, how he started off in baseball. He wanted to be a professional baseball player and yet found himself opening his own restaurant an Emmy Award winner, co-host of Univision's hit morning show, Despierta, Despierta, Despierta America. We're also going to learn in this episode that I'm not very good at speaking any Spanish. And for the record, I took French in high school. That is why. And also for the record, my French teacher was a, a Southern woman who did not speak French very well. So you know what? I just don't speak any language very well. As someone who travels constantly and is always keeping lists of restaurants that I cannot wait to go to, I'm even more excited about this conversation with Chef Diaz because he has a brand new show called Que Delicia El Sabor de America, where Chef Jesus Diaz is traveling to more than 50 restaurants in search of the best Latin dishes in America, which means I'm just going to have a whole new list of places to try after our conversation. You can stream his show now, and also to stay up to date on new episodes, follow Chef Jesus at Chef Jesus, J-E-S-U-S, on Instagram. And without further ado, let's dive in to my delicious conversation with Chef Jesus Diaz. Well, I I truly I'm so excited to be talking about one of my favorite things today, and that is food. We were both kind of talking a little bit about the fact that we both have young children. My kids are three and seven, well, almost three. I like to round up for ages. So I don't, it's just easier that way. <laughs> <laughs> and you said six and eight? Six and eight. Yeah, six only two years eight. apart. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, and while is... like, I do you have kids that like love to eat everything you eat? Like, do they do, do you just make one meal and and that's it? They just love it. They're uh, experimental in their palate because, you know, you're a chef.
0: I wish I wish it was that way, but, <laughs> yeah. but it doesn't work that way. It it, it does with one of them. The, uh-huh. the youngest one is, you know, she's she's an eater. She loves trying new things and she's not as scared of it, uh, new flavors and stuff and, and and textures. The older one is very picky and she stays always eating the same. She could eat the same for years you know for months so i do get to enjoy you know the little one when she tries everything i make and the other one you know as a chef sometimes makes you feel a little weird you know because uh you obviously you want them to try everything you make right yeah so you take it personal sometimes as a chef
1: <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure you're like i'm really good at this people like <laughs> award me for this <laughs>
0: Yeah, are you serious? You're not gonna yeah. try this one? I mean, <laughs> they used to sell very well at my restaurant. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. And she's like, eh, "Yeah, no, I've got uh, my youngest is very into butter noodles." You know, like okay. I don't know. Yes, so we're very. We're it's a big butter noodle family over here in my house. And then the oldest one doesn't eat noodles at all. So then I have to make her her own thing. If if she could have her way, she would eat like a charcuterie plate every night. Like that would be her <laughs> dream. Is just like, tr- like meats and like little crackers and bread. And then my youngest that's just seven year old. That's the seven year old. So I I am constantly and I love food. Like for me, I will plan an entire vacation around where I can get fantastic reservations like my first step in any vacation I plan is like where am I going to eat and like that's where all my budget goes is towards the food like I grew up with parents yes like that's my favorite thing about traveling is like really leaning into like all like the local foods that I would never be able to try anywhere else and my parents rule when I was a kid Always, if I wanted to be, you know, lucky enough to travel with them around the world, which I was lucky enough to my first trip, I was seven years old in Paris and they said, you have to try whatever is put in front of you. You don't have to like it but you have to try it. But just try it. But just yes. try great way, it.
0: Great way to do it. Yes.
1: And it's a great way to like, like figure. And now I've got kids where I'm just, where it's like a whole emotional breakdown if they have to try anything new. And I'm just like, I failed. I failed. But I, <laughs> but I <laughs> love have to food try really so much. Hard and convince them. Yes. yes. But I love it so much. Now, has food always been, like, What is food meant to you? Like food, ever since I was a child, has meant like adventure and like, and kind of like, it was like a, a privilege to be able to go somewhere new and experiencing something new. It was, it was like something fancy to me. Like that's when I think of like going out for a meal. That's what kind of was ingrained to me when I was a kid. Like what was, what is like a food, like a sit down, like great meal for you? What was your first experience with that? Uh,
0: for me, I think, uh, you know, food relates to to memories, right? We, we as uh, as, as a cook, you're always trying to go to that moment, you know, and that, that taste and that feeling of whenever you tried it and and it felt amazing, right. Or, or maybe, you know, you, you familiarize this flavor with someone that you, that you love and that probably is not here anymore. To me, food is, is, is more than just, you know, you know, the taste and the ingredients. I think, I think it, it's, it's much, much more deeper than that. And that's, that's how I wanted to, you know, to, Show my 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 daughters that through food they can remember all those moments that are, they're you know this this memories that they're making with me. It goes you know beyond the fact that it's it's, it's good or or my dad is a good cook or I, I'm not looking for anything of that. I just want them to you know keep that taste and the moment so that in the future they they remember you know this this, this moment. That to me is food. And when you say that. You had the opportunity to travel and and save your money. And now you do it. You save your money to, you know, go around good food and you pick your places based on good restaurants and, and locations. That's what felt so great about the show that I just made. I felt like I went around the United States for months, you know, four or five months and tasted so much and so many different kind of cuisines without having to spend a dollar. So I traveled and I ate great. And and it didn't cost me anything. I was actually genius, paid by for the it, way. So, genius. That's genius. like my dream job.
1: <laughs> Someone's like, I'm going to pay you to eat at fantastic places. Bad, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you really figured it <laughs> right. out. But it also goes back to I love what you're saying. It is like a good meal is like a good story. And it's not necessarily yeah. like. The, the star rating of the restaurant or, you know, but it truly is like the, the, the love and the attention that someone's putting into it. And that's what I'm very excited to talk about your new show, because there's it's a wide variety of restaurants, like some that are very critically acclaimed, as well as like some more like mom and pop shops. But for you, when you were a child, like when you think of that, like that dish or just any kind of food from when you were a kid, like, is there one that sticks out that like immediately oh, yes. brings you back so you were born in venezuela I, yes
0: correct uh, that's that's why i'm gonna i'm gonna tell you it has to be the arepa you know the arepa for us is like the tacos for the mexicans and uh, and uh and 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 also the the smell of the coffee for some reason you know my my mom used to make coffee first thing in the morning that was that will be the first thing she'll make waking up and the smell and obviously now the taste, as a kid, I, I didn't drink coffee up to now that I came to the U.S. probably as a, as a teenager. But the taste and the smell of the arepa, which is made with cornmeal and, and also mixed with the smell of the coffee to me, is, is, is really special. Every time I drink a cup of coffee in the morning and, and every time I make myself arepas or for my girls, uh, it, it takes me back, you know, to, to those moments uh, with my mother, as I said, you know, and, and, and I picture her. Uh, she passed away a couple of years back. So that's probably why I, you know, has so much more meaning now. But that's food to me. I mean, I, I already knew that was a huge part of, of of the food, like we said, you know, the memories and the stories. But now that you notice that there's people that is not around anymore and that you can almost feel them, you know, through food. I think that's that's very special.
1: Yeah. Is it like there were a couple traditional meals that my parents would make. There were a few meals that my mom would make specifically. I think when I think of like kind of storytelling from my childhood meals, my dad hunted a lot. So I actually just brought a group of girlfriends up. They have a cabin in Montana and there's animals and taxidermy that are on the walls, and they and so all my friend, my you know my city gals are just sitting there like, oh wow, that's a it's a lot of dead animals on the wall, and I was like, yeah, you know. But for me, I grew up with that, and they were like, oh, do you do you know these animals? Like, what do you where did they get them? And I was like, oh, I ate them. Like I ate all of these. Oh, wow. <laughs> like, like that's what was. <laughs> I was like, I know them very well. Did you hunt them too? I did, did not hunt them. I know no. I've okay, been okay. with. I I've been with my father because I feel that as a like for me, it is important. Like I eat the animal. i like have like that was for me. That's what hunting was is my dad would hunt. And then that's what we were. That was the whole freezer full, you know, and if he went on fishing trips, we would eat that fish. And so it was like wild boar. And like we he always had, you know, that's where our turkey was from every Thanksgiving, you know, like so I. It was just like you were that able to, kind you were
0: of able to eat really, really great quality. Yes, exactly. Yeah. But there's From the farm to the table. <laughs>
1: yes, very. Yes, <laughs> <Literally>. very fresh <laughs> for me. Like that kind of wild game is a part of like the storytelling that reminds me of like really special meals with my family. But also like growing up here in the States, there's also so many things that are just like you know, I think back to my childhood of like kid cuisines and mac and cheese and instant this and instant that. And like, and it's interesting as an adult that I feel like I'm part of, you know, we're part of this generation that are trying to like, now I'm shopping organic. I'm being more mindful of what my kids snack on that. I maybe like to no fault of my parents. It was just generationally like a different time, but like that wasn't really considered. And it's been interesting to think back of so many like nostalgic foods. Foods that I remember as a kid, that are just so like commercialized, like American prepackaged meals. And so to hear you talk about like the smell of the coffee and that, like in you know, and these like made you know cornmeal like cakes and and I just am like, oh, that sounds amazing. That is not. You know, was that you moved to the States when you were in your teens? Like, obviously, that's going to be a very big culture shock difference, I would assume. But was it as far as food? I've heard so many people even that move in from like people I've known from London who are still adjusting to, you know, the food here in the States because we have eaten very differently for better or worse.
0: Luckily, you know, I, I moved, I've always lived in Miami in South Florida and, and it's, it's very close to Venezuela, you know, it's a mm-hmm. three, two and a half, three hour flight, which is not bad. There were a lot of, you know, Latin Americans and, and maybe not as much Venezuelans as there is now, but you could find, you know, m- most of the ingredients. What what shocked me in the beginning was that my first job was at a uh at an IHOP, so <laughs> it was American breakfast, right? Uh-huh. It was nothing to. It had nothing to do with. It had nothing to do with arepas. So it did in the beginning shock me a little bit. You know the the, the difference between the ingredients and the food. You know, I, I was I was switching my arepas, my empanadas, and and, and you know the, the food that my mom will make for us for for pancakes and French toast. You know, and 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 omelets, which are delicious, but it was very different from what i was used to so so yeah i had i had to and that that's what i'm sure it pushed me to learn how to cook because mom was not around when i came over to the us it was on my own with my brother and and my parents came 3 4 years later so I was I was basically forced to make my own food, you know, as a 17-year-old going to high school.
1: How old was your brother at the time?
0: He's uh, 7 years older than me, but a horrible cook. So <laughs> <laughs> So so he was around 23 years old and no no clue of of what, you know, how to make a meal. So we had to both learn a little bit. He he went you know, he took another path. He, he, he never worked in the kitchen. So me working at a restaurant for, for many years, I started as a dishwasher, but I ended up in the kitchen mostly because it was, you know, the position that will pay me more. <laughs> so that combination between my job and the fact that, that my mom wasn't around, I think it made me, it made me a, a cook from, from my early age.
1: Well, the time has come. It's time for me to start paying attention to what I'm putting into my body. I need fuel. I need energy. I need plant based proteins and superfoods. Well, thank goodness 310 Nutrition is helping me and you, my listeners, in this new year with protein and superfood rich products with so many options of delicious flavors and preferences. I can't just drink water. I like water with flavor. I like protein with flavor. And thank goodness, 310 Nutrition offers so many different options. They have six flavors like lemon lime, strawberry, peach mango, wild berry, watermelon, and cucumber, which is exactly what I need when I'm trying to hydrate throughout the day because you know I love my cold brew coffees, but those are dehydrating and I need to rehydrate. So thank goodness, their hydrate point supercharges water with key vitamins, electrolytes, and minerals. You just add one stick of hydrate mix into 16 ounces of water, which can provide the same amount of hydration that is equal to drinking two to three bottles of water, and I need it. Not only am I getting rehydrated, but it helps to start my day with more energy, greater focus, I'm feeling refreshed while maintaining my hydration without having to drink as much H2O on its own. Right now, 310 is celebrating a new year of goals with Super Bloom and giving my listeners 50% off up to $100 for your first order. With so many sample packs, new products, it is really fun and easy to put together an order or start a subscription on products that you know you're going to use. So go to 310nutrition.com and use the code Bloom right now for 50% up to $100 for your first order. That's 310nutrition.com and use code superbloom. Well, you also would go on to, I mean, just reading about you, you learned a lot about the industry, the restaurant industry, specifically from your time at IHOP, which I think is really incredible because, yeah, it's pretty (laughs) clear blueprint of, you know, it's a very established place here in America. But for you, you yes, very corporate. But for you, what, what, what was your, like, what did you want to be when you grew up?
0: No, I grew up dreaming about being a baseball player. So I, I played baseball my whole life since I was seven years old. Uh, the first times that I came to the U.S., being probably 11, 12 years old, I used to come for, for tournaments. And that's what brought me pretty much to the U.S. Even when I was 17 years old, I was dreaming of just staying and playing professional baseball. I, I never thought of becoming a chef or, or working at a restaurant. For me, it was just just baseball. I came, I did two years of high school, and then I got a scholarship to go to college. Through, you know, while I was going to school and practicing and all that, I needed it to work. And it was always around food. I was always at a restaurant. Then I worked for a distribution company for over 10 years. And that, you know, that showed me the other side of the business, you know, the cost of the food and, you know, the, the, the strategics behind the restaurant or hotels uh, to, to build the menu and to and to catch you know the customers with with you know great food uh, that's how i started learning everything about you know about restaurants and and that's why i decided to you know open my own my own place my own business
1: i feel like it's such a like a very dreamy idea that a lot of people will just kind of be like oh it'd be so fun to like open up a restaurant like it'd be so much fun
0: I heard that many times I'm sure
1: you have I'm not sh- fun at all yeah, yeah yeah I have a few friends who uh, who are in the restaurant industry by way of owning restaurants and they're you know I've seen them relaxed eventually they get they become relaxed but it is right. a very but it's all like what an incredible opportunity to see the structure of what it takes for a restaurant to really work because I think that that's what gets lost on a lot of people is it's just you just picture this like fun place where people go and have like a cocktail or a glass of wine and a great meal and everyone's just thrilled to be there. Have you watched? I'm sure everyone has asked you about that. Yes. 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 I feel like that that's finally like given clued people in on like, oh, there's a whole other
0: other side of the story. Other side of the story.
1: <laughs> and so, for you, when you were seeing the other side of the story, I think it takes like a really, you know, unique. It it takes like obviously you have to love food. You have to be attracted to the industry of a a restaurant if you're going to open your own. But what was what was there like a defining moment that made you go like, I'm in I I like not only do I want to be a chef, but like I want to own my own restaurant. And also those are two very different experiences within the industry. So to do both of them, like there had to be something that just really drew you in.
0: Totally. I mean, I, I always saw it like a great business, you know. Once I understood, you know, the the, the numbers, right, and and how everything works with you when you have the buying power, and then you, you 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 have the knowledge to create, you know, dishes or drink menus, you know, drinks menus. I think you you just, you start to understanding that there there is an opportunity as a business, right. But, but it takes a lot. I mean, and mostly when you don't have the resources, when you don't have an investor or when you don't have, when you want to do it, everything on your own. Uh, in my case, it was a very small place, you know, 12 tables. I, I, I did from, you know, get my, my permits with the city and, and passing all the inspections to be able to open and then create the menu and then bring the people in. And and I knew pretty much a little bit of everything, you know, and that's when I noticed, you know, the, the purpose of those early jobs that I had, you know, I was able to wash the dishes when the dishwasher didn't come. I was able to serve tables when the server was, was not there. And obviously, you know, cook when, when, when my chefs weren't around. So I felt that I had all, all the, the, the tools to, to do it. I think I lasted so long because <laughs> because it was a small place and because I was able to do pretty much everything when when... When, you know, the, the, when you're not selling as much as you want to sell. So I, I felt I felt ready and prepared and I, and I wanted to make it my business. But it is very demanding. You know, you have no hours. You, you don't have a schedule. I, I you know, uh, you spend a lot of time away from your family. You have to dedicate, you know, long hours to the business and, and be present. You know, with food, you have to be present. There's so many little details that could go other way if you're not on top of it you know from the rotation of the food when the orders arrive and 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 mostly because my my concept and and the cuisine that i love is is uh, uh, sushi with peruvian which is a uh, nikkei cuisine you know it's a combination of peruvian food with japanese so there's there's a lot of raw food and then fish and and you have to keep the rotation temperatures very detailed so that you don't start losing and, and you know throwing things away and and wasting more money
1: it's interesting because it is like it's this level of perfectionism this heightened quick level of perfectionism that you I'm assuming anyone in your position is putting on yourself and that the hopefully the team that you've built around you is also expecting of themselves but also it's just there to be consumed and enjoyed by someone else like have you have you thought about that a lot and like you know in your career. I mean, I think about that just as a mother or like for me, when I cook, like I love to cook. I'm a terrible cook. Like I love to cook. <laughs> like I, like my dream day. What about the noodles?
0: Did you make those? Noodles oh, I mean, or, I'll crush
1: even. some butter noodles. No, I like, I, my dream day is like, I is to go and like, read a cookbook, pick out like three recipes, spend way too long at the grocery store, like really take my time slicing and dicing and just like spend a whole day cooking for like someone else to enjoy it. And then like, I enjoy it as well. But like, I I I get that feeling of like watching someone really, really enjoy it. But I wouldn't, I can't even imagine what that's like, you know, when you're creating this environment for people to come and enjoy a meal, but just creating a piece of art that, you know, someone's just going to consume and walk away with. Like, it just, it's so quick. You're right.
0: And yes, and that's that's why, that's, that's one of the reasons why I, I fell in love with this type of cuisine because obviously I worked in hot kitchens full of stress and and pressure and, and 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 screaming. But once I learned from you know those Japanese Asian clients that I had, you know the way they would get prepared and the way they would work their shifts and and serve people, it's it's a totally different ambience, you know, and rhythm. Um, in this type of cuisine, you're part of. Part of the uh, front of the house, pretty much you get to enjoy the people uh, it's it you know you get to enjoy the vibe and see the people you can watch their faces while they're eating and see the reaction and that that to me is what you know it, it, it's what it's a payback for a chef you know like you said you want to see people enjoy what you made and make a a nice comment and I found that in this type of cuisine besides being in the back where nobody sees you and you're just you know going crazy trying to make this happen. In this type of cuisine, you can take your time. You enjoy the ambience. You're part of, you know, you're part of that as well. So yeah, that's that I think that's the most exciting thing about everything, you know, and you forget about, you know, the, the, everything else that you did to be there and to have your business and to have your menu and your staff. And once you see the people trying your food and 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 you see that there are you know, satisfied and, and thankful to you is 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 priceless.
1: Where have you traveled? Like, I'm sure I didn't even consider like the idea of like not only different cuisines, but the different temperament and in, in in kitchen and the way that you how cooking a cuisine can also affect like your the emotions and the heightened emotions or more relaxed tempo of how you'd be preparing it just around the world. Like for you, is there? somewhere that you've traveled or a kitchen that you've been to where, that like surprised you the most? I mean, you were mentioning Japan, but.
0: Yes, but I'll tell you, and, 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 and probably has to do with many things, maybe language, culture. But I, I think the best trip that I made was to Peru. Um, Peru has so much uh, Asian influence, but, you know, you, you get to connect more with their people. And in my case, because they're 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 Latin, you know, and they speak my language. Everything that they have to offer as a, as a country in the gastronomy, you know, all the resources that they have, so much, so many different, you know, peppers and potatoes and, and things to work with, that not other countries have, you know. Uh, I think that's what makes them special. I was able to visit the restaurant that right now is the number one in the world. It's called Central, and and this guy, um, he goes around Peru and depending on the different altitudes and, and areas of the of his country of, of the cities you know it could be from the mountains or maybe from a lake but he keeps collecting with his sister you know different ingredients that maybe nobody uses in a, in a plate but he finds a way to translate that to a dish and he gives you the whole story and when it where it comes from and and, and the temperatures and 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 you know the textures and and I understood why he's number 1 in the world because it's much more than just food and cooking is is and he uh, besides that his kitchen is like a lab you know
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> and, yeah
0: and you know and and they make the you know they make food uh, and take it to to a totally different level
1: Why did you want to travel around the US specifically to look at different Latin American restaurants Why were you here for your new show
0: Because you know my mission was to to showcase and 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 the most trade, you know, the impact that we as as Latin Americans have in 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 cuisine, you know, mostly in the United States, because you know this is where we all come for for a better life, for for better opportunities. I I remember Anthony Bourdain, not longer with us, but he, he in one of his shows he said that there wouldn't be any restaurants in New York if it wasn't for Mexicans. You know that thanks to Mexicans we have restaurants in New York, and I was able to. Experience that around the United States, and maybe not only New York, I'll say, and not only Mexicans, but, you know, when you walk through the back of a kitchen, you you see the, dish, the dishwasher, the lady cleaning the floors, or, or the guy helping the chef, you know, to do the prep. 95% of the times, it's, it's a Latin people, it's a Latin American person, you know, and then someone that came to the U.S., probably not thinking or, or planning on, on working on a restaurant, but it was the opportunity that they got. And it's so amazing how they took that opportunity and, and, and translated it to, to an opportunity to have a business, to bring the rest of their family over, to, you know, to make their dreams come true and, and, and find, uh, you know, a way to even, you know, <laughs> become wealthy, you know. And, and from having or from being dishwashers or cooks or helpers, they now own more than three, four, five restaurants. It's it's very amazing, and I could connect with them so well because that's that was part of my story. I, my restaurant didn't make me rich, but it gave me the opportunity to be in in television, which is now my dream job, you know. And 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 I wanted to share that, you know, joy with all these people that I know is working really hard. It's it's such a hard business, and I know how much we have to offer, you know, taste wise, and and. And and all the ideas that we bring from our countries. It's very passionate.
1: Well, it makes sense why you were also enjoyed being front of house or like be Cooking where you could actually see the people and creating your dishes where you could actually see people coming in to enjoy them because you have had a very obviously Emmy award winning career on television, on top of uh, <laughs> uh, just dancing your way into um, <laughs> oh, wow. the hearts of so many. I mean, just talented all over the place. But Thank you, <laughs> I mean, you. Look, look who's talking. Oh, yeah. I mean, you've done it all. Yeah, I, no, I, I don't I know saw about that. Singing too. I love
0: music. And I saw you singing. I
1: said, wow, she also sings. Oh, this is a different time. Different time. Different <laughs> life. My My children just get the benefits of that now. But I... <laughs> But it is like it is incredible the opportunities that you've obviously had, but uh, that they that you bring it all like the story comes back to like the food and the dishes that you create, and I, that's why I love so much that like your new show. And I'm so sorry if I'm going to I I cannot pronounce anything. It is very give embarrassing. Okay, you, here we go. K delicia <sighs> De- delicia. Nope, did I? Yes, I got delicia. Two yes, delicia. Delicia. Beautiful. Delicia. delicia. Jeez Louise. El sabor Delicia, de America. Beautiful. Yes. Yeah. Cali. A plus. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. No, even when I have auditions, they're like, can you do a British accent? I'm like, from Kentucky? Is she British from Kentucky? Because I can do that. I can do a Southern accent. That's about it. And I am barely I do not speak English very good. For you. I'm just so glad that that like what a beautiful intersection of the two worlds that you've you know been doing so wonderfully it must be really wonderful to see them all come together what so give us a little bit of idea of some of the cities that you go to is there a restaurant that just kind of completely surprised you where you're like oh this is just another day on the job where I get to eat delicious food whatever and then by the end of it you're like well I'm never gonna forget today ever this has impacted me (laughs)
0: <laughs> I will never forget this project, that's for sure. I mean I was able to go to thirteen different cities around the United States. We went to uh, Houston and, and Dallas and then we went to the West Coast and did San Diego, Long Beach and Los Angeles, and then we did Orlando, Miami and up to New York, New Jersey and Philadelphia and, and, and it was it was amazing. You know, my mission was to showcase, you know, this amazing places from Michelin stars and and, and James Beat Awards winners to, to just a grandmother who, who keeps cooking, their, you know, her own recipes to pass it along to, you know, her children's or grandchildren's. And as I said, they were able to, you know, to build a business to, to you know, be able to grow and, and make their family better. You know, so there's a little bit of, of everything, nothing better than the other. I mean, that, to me, the taste was there. I was able to, you know, I, t- I tasted the best tacos I have ever had in a food truck in the middle of a parking lot in Los Angeles, um, nothing to do with a Michelin star uh, winner. But I was also able to taste in, in Brooklyn, New York, uh, a, a mother and a son who got together and built a restaurant and they did get a Michelin star, you uh-huh. know? So uh, pretty much, you know, great stories of success, dreams that came true. And and for me to experience that is, is a way to remind myself, you know, how lucky I've been you know, to 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 get a recognition out of all the jo- the work that I did as as a as a chef, as a restaurant owner, and even also as a as a baseball player. Because I I, I wasn't able to make it to, to to the major leagues, but I was able to stay in the United States because of baseball. If not, if it wasn't because of that, probably my family wouldn't wouldn't be here in the United States. You know, the the first idea for me was to come here and, and try to make my dream come true with different plans. But I was I was able to stay, and you know now I understand that that was the mission of the sport at the moment, and the mission of my restaurant at the moment was to bring me to the to to television probably. So so you start understanding now in the present what uh, you know wh- why were you doing that in the past.
1: It sounds like you also had a very supportive family who was encouraging of you and your dreams of becoming a baseball player. Is there, yeah, I I feel like that's such a a beautiful thing to be, especially in adulthood, when you, when even, you know, like, The running joke of like you you can always make a plan, but like whoever you believe, whether it's God or the universe, you know there there's always Mm -hmm. a different plan. Like you can plan all you want, but or both. (laughs) Yes. yes. Oprah, you know whoever's in charge. (laughs) But there's always a different plan. Light the
0: candle, light the candle, and make the wish. Exactly,
1: exactly. (laughs) But it is a really beautiful thing. Like I've found at this point, you know, and you know, in the later half of my thirties, looking back and just really having a. Deeper appreciation of the support that of the times where my parents, like, just supported me being able to dream, you know, and especially right now, I think, like, I think a lot about this generation of kids where. It's like trying to kind of navigate this world of social media and like coming off of COVID and and like, you know, where it used to be you get you go and you go to college and immediately it means that you like have opportunity in the world. And, you know, where it's just a different landscape right now and how anytime I get asked by a young person like, hey, I'm you know, I don't know what I'm supposed to do with my life. Any advice? And I'm just like. Do that. You're not supposed to necessarily know what you're supposed to do the like the rest of your life, but like dream, like dream and lean into it. And even if that doesn't pan out, like even if that door is not opening, like look around because I'm sure there's a window or there's another door or there's like or there's a whole other house you can go to. That's fantastic, you know, but but it is a beautiful thing. Like, is there anything, you know, in just speaking on your mother or your time as a child like that, that. Makes you think like, oh, this was like this beautiful, inciting moment that allowed me to kind of dream and and continue. Because obviously, that's continued in your career. Every time you've, you know, from you don't just end up on on television. You don't just end up, you know, having someone hand you an Emmy. You don't just end up, you know, having these opportunities. You know, you have to work for them, but you also have to be dream big enough to imagine yourself there.
0: Absolutely, and I I think we never dream big enough. You know, Uh, we, we, we don't even know how big the results could be. And, and that's a great advice that you're giving, you know, just, just be and, 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 and enjoy, you know, Uh, even though things are not coming out as you probably planned, there's so many other opportunities that you don't even know about, you know, that are going to open or that are going to be presented to you just by you know, by having a, a you know a good attitude and, and by, you know, uh, taking the moment in and, and and learning as much as you can. As I said, obviously, when I was 17 years old, washing dishes, I had my, you know, have all my group of friends and, and even a girlfriend back in my country that I left just because I wanted to play baseball. And and when I knew that, it, you know, that I was not going to get to that to, or, or to to I was not gonna get to to my dream. I knew that it was the right decision. Right after when my, my parents came over, Venezuela got very bad. You know, the country as a country got very critical. And and that's when I when I understood, you know, why I missed all those years of fun and <clears throat> graduating with my group of friends or staying with that girlfriend that I had or or why I missed my family so much throughout all those years. I understood that it that was the plan, you know, of of God, or as you said, whomever your God is. It it's, it showed me that, you know, that was the payback or or the plan that they had for me. Same thing with the restaurants, you know. I I worked so hard for so many years, but I had the support of my family, and that's something that we see in the show and all these places that I visited. You know, every business and every restaurant is either to, you know, the brothers or the mother and the daughter, or the grandmother and the the grandchildren, you know, all supporting each other to, you know, to make it happen. They don't even know if they're going to have three, four locations, or if they're going to get a Michelin stars in a couple of years. They're just working hard together. And I think the attitude and, and, and being grateful for what you're, you know, the opportunities that you're getting, no matter how small or big they are, it's what makes you reach the goal at the end. Maybe it's not the goal that you were planning to reach, but you're going to you're going to get to something special.
1: In order for a kitchen to run successfully, in order for a restaurant to run successfully, you have to be a team. You have to be a family. What is something that you've learned in your experience of being part of those teams and those families and also being kind of the coach of those teams and, and the patriarch of those families that you've also that has stuck with you in, in your day-to-day life, whether it's your own family or just kind of how you walk through the world? Basically
0: that, that you that you have to be a team player. There are tough moments and tough days where, where you know, things are not coming out as, as you planned, but you have to understand that you're, you're one of, a, you're part of a team, you know? You're, it's not on your own uh, that you're doing this. Maybe your section or, or your station is working perfectly, but you see the guy next to you that is having a hard time maybe things are not coming out as, as as he would love to but you know you give that hand and 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 you help because at the end of the day you know in the case of a restaurant the review is going to be overall you know they're going to review the whole thing they're going to review the meal they're going to review they're going to review you as a, as a team and 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 I think even you know being as playing a sport a, a team sport even you know taught me that you know that, that the importance of being there for your teammates when they're not having a good day or they're not getting things out they they would love to and there are going to be days where you're not getting that also and and then you get the help from from your teammate or your coworker it's 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 very important to understand that you know that, it's, that you cannot be selfish in a business like this at all
1: okay if you if if you could fly tomorrow to one of the restaurants that you went to on your show, and have one meal. Where would you go?
0: Oh wow, what a tough question! I hope, <laughs> can you cut this? don't record this one because you're gonna get me in trouble.
1: No, uh, I have to. <laughs> I need to put it on my list.
0: <laughs> oh, there's a place in Houston that we that we tried. It's called Tatemo. It's a Mexican place. A young chef. the The day we were recording, they they got the news that they were being nominated for the James Peter Award as a new restaurant. They, they were there for less than two years. It's a very small place. I think it was 15 seats. And this guy just specialized in, in corn. And that was his, you know, that was his mission. You know, he will get different types of corn, different colors, textures, types from different places. And he will make tortillas from scratch. And and there, it's, it's a it's a huge process. You buy them at the store, and you think it's just you know that's this round thing that is with ground corn, and they put it there together, and they make a tortilla for you. But there's a process of you know, I think it's called calcification where you take you know part of 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 the the you know the the components so that you can digest the corn. So he does even that from scratch. And, and he mixed it with different ingredients to make the taste. And some are sweet and salty. But he specializes in that. And he has a, a, an Asian background. So he makes these combinations where he does like a little tempura fish with a jusu crema. And, and he combines all these things and maybe pink tortilla. And the flavors are amazing. So I think you should try that one. I want right. you go to
1: Dallas. Done. <laughs> Done. Is it Houston or Dallas?
0: It is Houston. I'm sorry. Yes. Houston. Houston. Okay. All good. Houston, all good. Dallas. I was like,
1: wait, Dallas. There's another. Okay. No, Houston. Okay. Houston. I'm, I'm marking it down. I'm marking it down. Well, I'm so excited to continue to. I'm very excited for this show. I'm excited to have a whole Thank new list guys. of restaurants to watch. Also, I just okay. have to know, like, even for me going out and like, you know, having this whole new perspective on the restaurant industry. And I know because of a television show, but this show, I. I feel like this has been every time I've gone out to dinner, everyone met it gets brought up once. But how often do have people just now started saying like, yes, chef to you? And like so often, (laughs) is there like a whole I mean, I mean, here in Nashville, there are yes, chef hats that people are wearing. It is like it is like a hot time to be a chef right now or to have any. (laughs) It is. It yeah. is. I mean,
0: I think that has changed a little bit. You know, we had this concept of chef being, you know, this tough guy, you know, sometimes even mean with an attitude. But I think that's that's been changing. Now you see this, you know, skinny guys, young like me, maybe not so strong and, 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 and you know, and mean, because you're trying to also offer an experience. And if you want to offer that experience where people feels good and, 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 and love, then and you, you cannot have that attitude all the time. So that, that chef, yes, chef comes from that time where you, you know, you were almost scared of, of you know, not answering to your, to your boss, to your, to, you know, uh, executive chef, but that has changed. And, and, and I know this show is going to help you also practice your Spanish. Yes. <laughs> I know you're going to, you're going to watch all those episodes and we're going to come back to a conversation and you're going to be
1: fluent. I'll be ready.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And plus, you're going to get some new ideas and places where you can go uh, and enjoy great food and and great stories. They're going to treat you very well with a lot of love.
1: Oh, I can't wait. I know hearing about the tortillas. I mean, I, at the start of 2020, may have indulged in a few glasses of wine, you know, as a few (laughs) of us did. And may have been on the Internet looking at lists of kitchen items I didn't know I needed and may have not necessarily recalled ordering ordering a tortilla press, but I did. <laughs> and instead of like, do you like, know how to how to use it? Absolutely not, absolutely not. But I was I determined to, to learn, <laughs> and I got my masa flour, and I got like, but I but I did, and I was just, and I loved it, and I was like, oh, this is great, this is fantastic. So yes, I have a lot to learn. It's, it's still in storage as I'm moving, but so now, yeah, I'll just have to go learn how to. I'll get some tortilla pressing tips from from a professional. But I want to close out our. Conversation conversation with just like five question cool down I like to ask all my guests before I let you go so Jesus what is can you tell me something that you like just the first thing that pops into your head
0: that I like uh, the beach I love the beach
1: something that you know
0: something that I know I know about sports all of them most of them let's say I know about baseball so I don't sound that
1: cocky (laughs) Do you have a fantasy football team?
0: I don't. I I do have a baseball uh, fa- okay. fantasy baseball okay. team.
1: It's always it's always one. It's always <laughs> oh, one. Wait. I have like I might as well have a fantasy Real Housewives team at this point. So I totally get it. I respect it. What is something that you hate?
0: I hate. Uh, how do you translate this? Is uh, unfairness or uh, injustice? Is that how you say it? When things are yeah. not yeah when things are not f- fair or for 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 everybody you know when when things are when you know that you're doing wrong but then you know people get their way out
1: what what's the not what what would you say without feeling the need to translate it how would you say it in spanish
0: uh, injusticia injustice maybe
1: What is something that you love that is not your family or friends or loved ones, but just something that you personally love for you?
0: That I love for me. Food. Food. Could it be food? Of
1: course it can be food. (laughs) Have you had any good food yet today?
0: Of course. Every day. I make my own breakfast and I love breakfast. It has to be, you know, on point. I really, you know, take my time for that.
1: (laughs) And what is a quirky little fact about you?
0: wow quirky little fact
1: besides being a dance champion you
0: know. <laughs> okay that's a good one my kids
1: and i watched dancing with the stars here we literally just watched it back to back these last two nights so <laughs> nice. i'm like that is very impressive
0: it is and, and even more when you're not a, like a huge dancer you know i used to dance and you know reunions basic stuff But it it took some time and dedication to be able to prepare for those dances, you know, for those choreographers. It was hard. Something quirky about me, I will say that that I laugh easily, you know, that I laugh a lot, you know, I guess can look quirky That's
1: sometimes. It's so quirky. <laughs> so quirky.
0: It is, it is. It is. Well,
1: it has been a joy. Thank you so much, oh, Jesus. Candace, it's so lovely you. to meet you. I'm very, very excited for you and your show.
0: I really appreciate it, Candice. Thank you for your time, for inviting me to your podcast. I know how big you are. And I really, I really, you know, appreciate that you take the time for me to, you know, express myself and show you what, what we just did in the show. I hope you enjoy it and and I hope I'm we can excited. we can repeat this conversation at some point after you watch the episodes
1: yeah
0: <laughs> and I'm here for you with any questions about the tortilla press or anything about thank food. you I'm, I'm actually you.
1: <laughs> I might DM you a few so uh, be on the lookout <laughs> but it's so lovely to meet you I hope our paths cross in real life at some point A Superbloom Podcast is hosted by me, Candace King, produced by Melissa DeMonts and Diamond Imprint Productions, edited by Diane Kang, post-production sound by Coco Lawrence, and advertising partnership with ACAST.